Welcome, welcome to the Abuan Chronicles podcast. This podcast is hosted by five black Muslim women. Hafsa, Ikran, Istahil, and Zahra. It's your girl Ummo, your resident Crip, here to remind you that the first letter of Crip stands for community. Join us every month as we talk about our personal experiences, pop culture, identity, and politics. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Abuan Chronicles podcast. So today we'll be discussing Twitter achs and giving da'wah on the timeline. particularly thinking about the sisters who don't pray, sisters who have boyfriends, um, maybe watching a video for the first time, but just know you have a brother in Islam who cares. Guys, I can't take that guy seriously. It's fake. I don't believe it. There's no way that's real. Listen, they were all crocodile tears. That's what it was, crocodile tears. I honestly, the thing is, the reason why I can't take it that seriously is because how do you take some random person crying for you seriously like just because you're crying i don't know you i don't know what you feel like i don't know how you he's like getting emotional it's like how do you feel emotional for someone you don't know maybe he just cares for the muslim ummah like he genuinely cares for them no that's his that that's his that's his gimmick i don't believe it i care so much for the muslim ummah and these girls when i think about muslim girls with girl with boyfriends what about the boyfriends what about the muslim boys with girlfriends that's, that's my thing bullshit. sisters who do this and that what about the brothers what about the brothers who go out late at night and drink and whatnot like, I don't get it. Why do you only care for the female gender? Do you know what my problem with this whole thing is? You know what my problem with this whole thing is? It's it's following that whole um, narrative where, oh my God, women mislead men. You know, Eve, she's the reason why we're all on earth and not in heaven. Like, that whole thing, like, you know, yeah. we're all, like, serpents trying to, you know, F with your lives. Like, what the hell? Like, calm down. Calm yourself. What I don't understand, I'm so confused about the whole thing that he's like, I don't go out to the main. I never told you guys this, but the main reason I don't go out is because I don't want to see a Muslim sister. I'm just so confused by the whole that that whole point. It's like if you see other people sitting, you shouldn't live. Yeah, and you know, if you had proper intention, if you had proper intention, you would try to change it little by little from those around you. Start with the people around you, and not a random girl that's in the street. And so I can't go outside. Halas, I'm gonna be homebound. I'm gonna house arrest. I don't, I'm so. Confused by that whole notion whatever happened to just lowering your gaze go out lower your gaze you know this has existed since the beginning of time there's fitna you know just lower your gaze and do you for me it just sounds like he's actually going outside and looking for women who are doing wrong like he's going out of his way to hunt these that's what it sounds like to me because there ain't nobody going out to friggin dollarama or walmart for groceries or whatever thinking oh subhanaka ya adim you know i can't walk in these streets because what if what if some girl that's topless just runs towards me and tries to molest me or something nobody's like that there's literally nobody like that like it's just it, for me i was just very confused by the whole video i'm like is this supposed to be real nasiha like i don't know what what am i supposed to take from this video okay uh this random man is upset with what the way regular all women are acting like that's what do you, what am i supposed to take from this video exactly am i supposed to fix up because you cried yeah no i think he took clickbait to a whole nother level so instead of just the title now 
they have to make like a triggering first two minutes of a video just to like draw people <laughs> in. I think that's what he did. I think that's that's his main goal. We need to to take in the fact that this video was shared by someone who had an agenda also. So oh, it's like this yeah. person just wanted to make people angry in general, like to show people, oh, look at this, you know, highlighting some negative uh, topic. That's my opinion. That's true. Yeah. But you need to separate. You also need to separate the messenger from the message. Exactly. Like, the person who's giving the message could be a shitty person, whatever. But at the end of the day, what he's saying is what he said. Like, it's it's a video. It's a clip out there. So it's not That's like true. the person, like, secretly recorded him going, these sisters, the fitna, you know, I can't. I just can't control myself, you know, like, shit like that. It wasn't a random, like, secretive recording. Like, he put this out there. Yeah. You can't. You honestly can't edit that when he said, I don't go outside because I'm scared to see this. <laughs> like, well, I just, I really can't decide yeah. that at all. I don't know what to think when a grown man is saying he can't go outside because of the fitna around him. Like, I'm just, well, I just confused. My thing is, guys, my thing is, guys, like, okay, he's putting this out there, but I just want to know, what's his purpose? Because we're laughing right now. We're like, oh, this is so dumb. But I just, like, my thing is, like, if he put this out there and he had a reason, like, you know what? I want sisters to see this and, like, to change or whatever. What's his purpose in releasing this clip? What's his purpose of releasing this video? Allahu alam his intention. Yeah, no, but he clearly thinks that this will have um, a say in the way that girls kind of go out. I think he's trying to give advice. But what it seems like is that he's trying to bring awareness to the fact that there's so many Muslim women, quote unquote, out there, you know, doing sin. And then he's trying to bring awareness to that fact. And he's also trying to convince women in his own twisted little way to go back to the deen. But little does he know, that's definitely not the way to approach women honestly for me what i realized from this video is like he calls himself da'wah man but what does he know what da'wah is like the rules the concept the actual reason for doing da'wah like you need to have a goal and if your goal is to get people to be you know like to come back to the true deen and to do the everything in the proper way um, I don't think you're doing it right. Like, if more people are getting angered by your video than actually listening to your da'wah, then something's off. Yeah. So, so segueing from that, like, how should da'wah really be done? Like, how is this supposed to happen? To truly explain this, I'm going to read this ayah. And so the ayah goes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Say you, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, this is my way. I invite you onto Allah. I and whosoever follows me with sure knowledge and glorified and exalted is Allah. And I am not of the polytheists. The explanation for this is that the Prophet ﷺ was ordered to do da'wah with clear knowledge. And clear knowledge in this instance has two specific meanings. One is that when da'wah is done, it is done with the knowledge or insight. Like you have complete knowledge of what you're saying. And the second is that you invite people to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without having any doubts, without thinking. If you are 100% sure of what you're saying and you have 100% knowledge of what you're saying, then you could do da'wah. That is the true da'wah and that's how the Prophet ﷺ was ordered to do da'wah. So do we think that he is following this rubric? Or people in general that we see all the time on Twitter? Yeah, yeah. I don't think... The thing is, you can have knowledge, but at the same time, you have to have the hikmah and the wisdom behind giving knowledge. You can't just go to someone who's doing something wrong and say, you know what, what you're doing is wrong. You're going to go to hell for doing that. And this is what you should be doing. You, know how to, you have to know how to approach them, how to tell them in a way that they're going to understand and they're not going to be hurt by what you're saying. And they can 
they'll be able to comprehend what you're saying and you know implement that instead of just telling people what they're doing is wrong and just kind of shaming them my problem is like my biggest fear is is if under the guise of giving dawah what happens is you push somebody else you push somebody far from the dean you push them away from the dean because when you should be like using like kind words and like explain somebody in a nice sweet way you know what they're doing is wrong or trying to con- like you know explain to them the situation you just offend them and then this person goes you know what forget about this my hijab's not proper you know i'm not even gonna wear hijab um you're you're criticizing my salah every day and talking to me in such a harsh manner maybe i shouldn't pray at, at all and because shaitan is in there in that room with you guys whispering into you and the other person's ear while all this is happening so like my biggest fear is if your dawah goes left like goes completely left goes the other way and you just push somebody else away from the deen that's even worse to me so you really have to be smart about how you do it so some people would argue though that he's not trying to give dawah he's just venting about the issues that are going on right now in you know the islamic world or the muslim world what do you guys have to say about that so he's just clearly he's crying the video so it's personal to him right well he he calls himself da'wah man his whole i the whole reason he's on the internet according to him is to give da'wah for the betterment of the muslim community so if it's a rant video doesn't that like negate all the da'wah he's ever done like in my opinion how am i supposed to know if you're ranting and there's no knowledge behind your rant and compare it to your da'wah do you get it you can't do both Istahid, my problem is is that his rant, okay, whatever that rant was, it just didn't work. Like his rant that was supposed to soften our hearts, supposedly, that was supposed to make us feel bad, that was supposed to make us like, oh my God, I need to work on myself, I need to fix up my man, you know, as a woman, I'm so this, I'm so that, I need to fix up. It did the exact opposite. So what kind of dawah is that? I think it's because he made it about himself. Yeah, he, he did. He made everything about himself, about how seeing them hurts him, seeing people doing certain things hurts him. But he should be talking about how those actions hurt us, like how it hurts us in the akhirah, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So instead of telling us about how bad it is for him that what we're doing is wrong, like the whole thing was just basically about how he can't look up. He's too scared to leave because he doesn't want to see it. So at the end of the day, he's telling people to dress up so that I'm able to look around. I can leave my house now. Subhanallah. That's, so it was all about crazy. him. It had nothing to do with it like it had nothing to do with my like better like better the betterment of me as a person. Like, oh sisters, you know, this is bad for you. You know, if you don't wear hijab, these are the consequences. I don't want you guys to end up on this path. You know, I want Allah to guide you guys. Like it was not it w- the advice wasn't towards us. It was catered to please fix yourselves so I can do whatever I want and I don't have to be trapped in my own home and I can look up and I can leave the house. Like I, I don't like personally. I probably don't fall under a lot of the things that he mentioned, but I feel attacked because I feel like he came for me. Why do you think he came for you? I don't know. He came for women in general. Okay, just like <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is. I'll tell you. In the end of the day, it all comes down to your intention. What is your intention? Is it to make us feel bad? Is it to make us come back to the dean, or is it just so you could feel better about yourself? What's your intention? Yeah, for if doing he this? used if he used his platform to remind us of Ilahe and be like, you know, guys, th- like, the, if you do this, this is what happens, and you know, it's better for you to do this instead, and was kind of tying us back to the Dean. Well, the whole thing was just about this guy. So, Dawa shouldn't Dawa should be re- like strengthening your bond with Ilahe and your Dean, as opposed to like ma- feeling bad for someone else. Yeah, I feel like this all just ties this all ties into like. This whole social media, dawah giving, jihad, you know, fight, you know, the betterment of Muslim kind. When it just feels like 
you're just doing it to give yourself clout more than anything. Because, like, you're not actually, like, on Twitter when you see guys tweeting about, oh, you know, if you can't take the sincere advice, just be gone and move on. Or, you know, oh, I see so many girls doing this or so many guys doing that. Or they quote tweet you talking about something and they attack you for feeling offended. Like, why? What, this whole, I, I really just don't get it. Why it's all about coming after everything a woman does on Twitter and on social media in general. It's just beyond irritating. They're just lost in the sauce. What do you guys think about Dawa on Twitter? I don't think, I think it's, it's the right platform. No, I don't think it's the right platform. Because I feel like, I don't know, I haven't been on Twitter long. Okay, it's just a disclaimer. But I feel like Twitter is more of a like a personal diary of sorts. Or people just, you know, put like their thoughts on there for like, you know, just 140 characters before before the 280. So you just put out whatever you're thinking in that moment. So I feel like most people have, su- it's such a short space of, uh, what do you call it? area to post anything and so people just go straight to the punch and it's not you can't take it seriously like you can't just put a random eye and be like everyone's like this that's what most people on twitter do how are you gonna give dawa in 180 characters that makes you can. no sense you can dm you can them. Now, we, now we get 280 so 280. Except now you me, get 280 even difference. if you get 280 you know like uh, when you take an ayah and you legit explain the ayah it takes pages and pages to explain the ayah and you're telling me that you could just write a statement and it's dawa? How? No, but it's that it's about it, the thing is I think you can do dawa on Twitter, but so far no one's ever done it properly. That's why we no, have zero faith in it. I disagree. I don't I think it's doable and I think some people do have a way like you just got to be smart about it, okay? It doesn't mean when you're giving someone dawa, it doesn't mean that you sit them down and you lecture them or you tell them they're there's a lot of people doing things like for example, okay? The whole hijab debate situation. Almost every single Muslim knows majority of muslims know okay i'm not gonna say almost every majority of muslims know that girls are supposed to wear hijab so it doesn't make sense for you to go out there and be like girls should wear hijab for uh, for some some da'i or whatever quote-unquote da'i to go out there and be like you're not wearing hijab wear hijab like that doesn't make sense okay but like if you were to message somebody and to have a proper human have a proper person-to-person conversation and talk about what hijab is its values I've had those conversations with people on Twitter, okay? And it wasn't, and it wasn't like, it didn't feel like an attack because I didn't attack them. I just had a regular conversation with them and talked to them about it because I wanted to own their viewpoint and I wanted to like give them my viewpoint and then we'd, ha- we'd come to an understanding. It's doable. But the problem is people don't put the effort to try and be sensitive, to try and think of, how can I say this in a way that won't trigger somebody or offend somebody? How can I say this in a way that's, that isn't condescending? You have to package it in a way that no one's going to be hurt by. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying people, you can do Dawa on Twitter, but just barely anyone does it properly. No one does they it don't properly care. on the timeline. Maybe yeah. you can message them privately. First of all, you shouldn't be doing Dawa in public. So you're not supposed to be shaming, shaming someone people. on the oh timeline. God. So first of all, you can't do Dawa on the timeline, 100%. Like, unless you're giving general advice to everyone. And like, guys, did, like if you're doing a general statement that's directed towards everyone, okay? Not just women or just men everyone then it can be done but if you're trying to if you see someone doing something and you, ad- and you, you want to advise them. them and then you're like yeah what you're doing is wrong that's not da'wah first of all you should be telling someone in privately what they're doing is wrong and the thing is it's like if if you see someone is doing something wrong and you know that you you can tell them in a way that would kind of advise them and it would help them out then it's your duty to do that but if you think 
and you know that okay what they're doing is wrong but I don't know how to tell them and maybe if I tell them it'll lead them astray then you don't do it so but that that's on wisdom Twitter can be done yeah so you have to have the wisdom right but that's the wisdom everyone likes if you don't know I don't think I don't think it's that everyone lacks it I think people just aren't patient on Twitter they just don't have like Okay, then that's yeah. you lacking is- the wisdom because you lack the wisdom to not to to just walk away from it. Like you need to understand, I'm gonna leave this to someone who's better equipped to handle the situation. It's not like okay, you 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 know the knowledge. You don't have to speak on it every single time because Allahu alam, if you are equipped to actually give that advice, you know. So it's wisdom. You lack the wisdom. You lack the way of doing da'wah. So I don't think people should be doing da'wah on Twitter. Period, in my opinion. Like, if you could message the person and talk to them, that's different. You know this person, you're equipped for it. But in general, the way people handle it, I just don't think it's the platform for it. There are, these days, there are classes people take to learn how to give da'wah. It's not something that you could just do. You have to actually do your research on how to approach people and then approach them. A lot of people don't have the knowledge, don't have the wisdom, and then they'll go and try to give someone da'wah in a very condescending, you know, um, way. So, yeah, like, you, not anyone could just go give da'wah. The thing is, I 100% understand it. Like, you know, from my perspective, like, you know, it's not like I always knew the deen. It's like when you learn something, when you learn that something is halal or haram and you see someone doing it, your first instinct is to tell them, you know, it's your, that's your first instinct. And it takes wisdom and time and understanding to learn that, okay, how are you supposed to tell this person? And I feel like no one ever highlights the importance of that, the importance of telling people the halal and the haram and the impact of saying this is halal, this is haram. Like, I, like, I feel like most people don't understand that. Exactly. And a lot of people, you'll see the sins that they're committing, like they'll openly show their sins on Twitter or Instagram or whatever. And then they'll try to come at you and give you dawah. And that kind of, you kind of know what they do because it's openly (laughs) out in the public. And then they come and try to give you dawah and you can't take their dawah seriously. You know what I mean? That's so, the whole do as I. That's the whole do as I say, not as I do thing. Exactly. But like exactly. you can't take people like that seriously. Like mm. if you see someone is doing something wrong. Yeah, that's why that saying is funny because people are like nobody follows do as I say, not as I do. You know, nobody follows. Nobody actually goes. You have to act. You have to show the actions and then try to tell people. But exactly. You, can't just be doing you have to the have the credentials. Mm-hmm. But then again, you know. But who does that most often, guys? It's the guys who do it. Guys who are like out there. On their uh, friggin' high like, horse, exactly. <laughs> on their Instagram and Twitter is posting God knows what at whatever spots, doing whatever things that they usually do, and then they come at you and be like, "Sister, um, you know that selfie you put up? Subhanallah, I just couldn't control myself and things happen. <laughs> oh my, you know, so you guys, Allah, whatever. I remember that I cried. <laughs> that tweet though. I was listening to a podcast and that a guy was trying to explain that from his perspective, and he said it's because he has this ideal image of a woman. Like, you know, like, oh, sisters are on a pedestal. Like, mashallah, they're they're the, my future. And so he feels entitled and he feels capable of, if he sees a sister on the street and she's not doing something proper, to come and tell her, hey, you shouldn't be doing that because she's his ideal. Do you get it? Like, that's because what he, he said. has an ideal. It's about yeah. him. See, this is the problem again. The world revolves around him. It's his ideals that we're supposed to follow. Oh, my God. This is so triggering. I didn't understand that that perspective because to me, that's mind-boggling. Like, why are you putting... Are you giving da'wah because you have this uh, image of this person in your mind? 
you're not doing it for Ilahi's sake, then why are you doing it? That's just how I thought of it. Like, you know, religious or non-religious, a Somali guy will feel comfortable coming up to you in the street and be like, um, well, you shouldn't wear that pants or you shouldn't wear that. You should wear a proper hijab. Like, so comfortable saying that. Well, he's, you know, no beard, long pants and everything. And you, I just always assumed that maybe they're coming from a right, the, what do you call it, with good intentions. Maybe this is Ilahi's way of telling me to fix up. You know, I always thought of it that way. But I never, ever would have in a million years thought that it's because he's talking to me because he has this image of me and so he thinks he should you know protect me or fix me subhanallah like wallahi i was just shook do you guys know what's so scary though this whole like mob mentality and this whole mob sense of we gotta make this person accountable for what they do like one person like has one baby hair out and like the entire world comes for them on twitter but listen, do you, like the thing is, this so-called da'wah that people are doing, because this is not proper da'wah, so we shouldn't even be calling what these people are doing on Twitter da'wah in general. So like the people who are doing this, you know, da'wah, are, like, the, there are so many consequences to what they're doing because this person will either fall off the rails completely or, well, they'll be triggered, which is not, you know, whatever. But like some people... Like, when you're telling someone, oh, your baby hair shows, oh, why are you wearing hijab when you go here, but you're not wearing it here? Why do you wear hijab on social media, but you don't wear it there? So, like, this person will just end up taking off their hijab in general and be like, why should I even, I don't need to be subjecting myself to this kind of hate. You know what this reminds me of? You know how, like, um, when the Muslims were coming back to Mecca, and then they, they, were, they were thinking, oh, you know, we're going to go, you know, to the Kaaba and Abu Sufyan and all that stuff. And the Prophet explicitly said, don't harm or hurt anybody or enter the house of Abu Sufyan, don't enter, don't hurt anybody. His house is safe and anybody who's in the area of the Kaaba, they're safe and all that. And that led to, that, that's a huge part of why Abu Sufyan became Muslim because of that mercy that was extended to him. So like, my thing is, why can't we take lessons from this kind of situation? Like this, kind, this kindness that was shown to people who were obviously doing wrong things and just take just take lessons from that and learn from that and apply that to our real life situations. Why do we like make them run away from the dean? Why do we tell them, okay, what you're doing is like it's black and white? No, they, you know, maybe it's an internal struggle that we don't know about. That you know, maybe if they sometimes they put it on, sometimes they take it off, and then gradually, inshallah, they'll start wearing it permanently. As opposed to telling them, no, like if you're gonna take it off, sometimes just take the whole thing off. And a lot of people yeah. say that they say, you know, to, tra- to be yeah. like, oh, why are you being a transformer? Just don't wear. Don't hijab. wear hijab. That no one ever says just wear it. They'll always be like yeah but if you're taking it off half the time just take it off altogether. and like who are you to tell them to do that it's their own personal journey and you never know like your words they might end up taking it off and who's going to take the dembi for that dembi on you. you so why do you want to put yourself in a situation where you're going to be accountable for other people's sins like just stay out of it if you can't if you can't do it in a way that would advise them or help them out just stay out of it remove yourself from that situation why does everyone feel the need to be commenting on other people's lifestyle if you can't say it in a way that's you know productive helpful in yeah. any way yeah um when we're talking about hijab for girls can we talk about hijab for men first oh, of all does that exist what what huh <laughs> there's hijab for men come again <laughs> <laughs> repeat <laughs> Do they have to wear a cloth around their heads? Tell us more. <laughs> so, like, I don't, like, what kills me is, like, when, all the, when there's all this body policing on women, like, why is nobody body policing men? Why am I seeing um, these um, halal people or these Muslim men, da'is or whatever, walking around on the beach in shorts? Um, your outers from your belly button to your knees. Cover that shit up. I don't need to see it. Wallahi. The Where thing, is that? Yeah. And also the emphasis 
it's like it's a non-factor wallahi like ikra mentioned at all it's not even an important topic why because you know they're the ones doing the da'wah so it's like let's just focus on women and their their what do you call their hijab men hijab doesn't even it's exist. been like this f- since when we since we were young though like no one ever 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 talks about the hijab for men no one ever says men are supposed to do this men are supposed to wear this men are it's always women so when we were young we've been taught like anyone any Muslim right now, if you ask them what's a hijab for a woman, they will tell you everything about it, all the details, everything, man or woman. But if you ask anyone about hijab for a man, they'll be like, "What? Huh? Huh?" Like, <laughs> no one really knows about it because we haven't been taught these things, you know. And we should have been taught this in like it's, we went to Islamic schools, some of us. And so it's like, why was this not taught to us? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've been going to Islamic school. How come no one? How come our Islamic books yeah. never had men do this? Why? Yeah. We always had that big ta- chapter hijab for women. <laughs> Listen, I went to Islamic school since I don't know grade two. I've always been like you know grade two. I was in Islamic school, and then in high school I was in Islamic school, and it's like never was it mentioned in any of the books that we studied. Wow, my schools cool. like talks when we go to talks because we remember in the UAE we used to attend a lot of lectures and seminars and whatever. Yeah, and we always had hijab talks, guys. They always had hijab talks. Everyone you go to, and the role of women in Islam and all of that. But no one ever talked about like they would they wouldn't say hijab for women. They would just say hijab and they never talked about it. Wow, mm. irresponsible. Well, I I found I find that very irresponsible. So what does the hijab for men like consist of? Let's let's cover the points. Let's educate some people about it. Okay. Well, there's the whole your aura is from your belly button to your knees. Nothing between that should be seen. That was news to me, cause I thought cause I thought that it was mustahab for guys to have their you know their pants above their ankles, but apparently it's haram if it's not. Which is yeah. So there's an actual hadith we actually have here. So it was narrated by Abu Hurairah that the Prophet said whatever of the lower garment is beneath the ankles is in the fire and this was uh narrated this was Sahih Bukhari yeah. so if you wear anything that's below your ankles that part so your foot is in the fire so that's the severity of wearing long pants or long khamis mm-hmm. dashas so mm-hmm. the, like how, no one ever talks about that everyone wears long pants they're no, skinny they, jeans they talk about it but they jokingly like that was a long time ago. I yeah, no one thinks it's now. haram. No one thinks yeah. it's... Like, some people think maybe it's sunnah to wear clothes above your ankles. Yeah. But no one knows it's fully haram. Like, point blank period. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there's the whole um, gold and silk are forbidden for men. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. then, um, the I've chains. seen gold chains on men. I've seen gold wristwatches. Ain't nobody saying nothing about that. All right? You sure it's not the spray-on? If it's... um, um what, First of all, are we supposed to... Even if something... Whether something's halal or haram, if it's haram, you're supposed to stay away from it, right? Mm-hmm. So why yeah. are you even trying to get something that even looks gold? You shouldn't. It's haram, yeah. period. I don't, I don't know. know because I, I, all I know is you're supposed to stay away from haram and you shouldn't be imitating haram. I mean, yeah, so that would be imitation, right? Okay, and there's another hadith here that says whoever wears a garment of fame and vanity Allah will dress him in a garment like it on the day of resurrection this was a hadith that was narrated by Ibn Umar so what is that telling us? no Gucci belts (laughs) (laughs) no J's outwardly no Nike no Adidas just the obsession the obsession with name brands just because of the name because they're a sign of mm-hmm. vanity and fame like you know look at my the level i'm at 
So I think we should just mention that this is obviously for men and women because yeah. yes. it's not just for yeah, men. Yeah, this is obviously for yeah. men and women. But my point is here, we're not we're not here trying to lecture people and tell them you should do this, you should do that. We're just putting the facts out there here, guys. Yeah. We're just saying yeah. that the same way that you're policing women, there are lots of things for us to police men about too. But also I wanted to mention that it's just really unfair to... I find it really unfair to men that they don't know all this about the deen because of how much the sheikhs just emphasize on women. Like, you know, mm-hmm. if you are a man going to a lecture and you want to gain something from it, from when it comes to hijab and no one mentions anything about you, I just feel like that's unfair for them. Like, you know, like w- they went to this lecture to learn. Instead, they learn more about the women's aspect of hijab. And so they go out only with this knowledge. They have nothing to police themselves, but they have something to police other people. It's like, oh, nothing was said about me. So I'm just going to use my knowledge to police other people because that's the only one I have. That's true. And it's kind of sad that they don't know it because like, like these are haram things. Like it's not like, you know, sunnah, makruh, like something you just stay away from. They're fully like haram to do some of these things. But a lot of people don't know them. And it's like, I don't know, whose fault is it then? Because, I mean, we've been to Islamic schools, we go to lectures, but they're not mentioned. So is it, are they at fault for not seeking it? Or is it the... I think the da'is need to focus more on being, um, on talking about Inclusive. hijab for men as well as exactly women. I mean, they're men themselves, right? So they have, the, I'm pretty sure they know about these points, what's haram and what's halal for men, but they just choose to focus on women because maybe in their minds they see it as more important, more relevant. I don't know. To be honest though, I can't really blame, I don't, I, I'm not going to put the blame on anybody but ourselves because the biggest da'i we have of all is Sheikh Google. We could all look this stuff up. How do we find we this information? That's true. We found this by searching for it online. So we can't really put the blame. Like, we can try to blame society. We can try to blame our Islamic schools. We can try to blame our parents. But at the end of, at the, end of the day, right now, in this 21st century, it's on us. It's on it us is. to go and find out and be knowledgeable, about these, be knowledgeable about these things. And it's on us to, like, be smart. And, like, when you're watching a video, when you're listening to people talk, when you're seeing people attack other people... Think about, oh, what is this person's purpose behind this? Is this useful? Is this really helping us as an ummah? Yes or yeah. no? If that's not, if there, if it isn't, move on. Yeah, but it's also important for them to include it, like in curriculums, like Islamic schools. Why are we only learning about we're children, right? When we first had our when we had our first Islamic studies class, grade one, grade two, KG, they also need to include. There's boys in the class too. Why are they only talking about hijab for women? At that age, we're not going to go to Sheikh Google and say, okay. Let me see. You know what I mean? To instill We're not even these question important it. points even early on. Exactly. It's going to be instilled into our minds early on. So if yeah. you just give us this knowledge earlier on in life, we wouldn't have this issue of having to, you know what I mean? Although we do need to do our own research. That's extremely important. It just would have been a lot more efficient. I don't know. It would have been, helped us a lot more. It sets you up. Like, that's the mentality you're set up. You're told haram, halal. This is haram, this is halal. And so, wallahi al-adhi, I'm not lying to you guys. Like, at this big age, I'm unlearning so much I learned as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, when it comes to, like, in tawheed in general, just to go back to the foundation, I'm unlearning so much. Forget about halal and haram and fiqh. Like, you know, mm-hmm. that. But let's mm-hmm. keep in mind that not everything on Google is authentic. So make sure the sources <laughs> exactly. you're looking for it's are so authentic hard. sources. It's actually so hard to find it. But the same way that we are um, doing research for our school papers and our university papers and stuff like that, and we know what to look for, you could learn what to look for when you're searching about Islam, and you mm-hmm. could be smart about it. But yeah, yeah. But I think at the end of the day, this is just teaching us to be more proactive in our school curriculums 
and our schools don't just throw your kid in school and expect them to learn everything and you know trust the system and trust teachers trust no one know yes. exactly what your kid is learning know exactly what's happening in this world you not know? everyone goes to science school though exactly so you teach your kids so it's, yes you, you're like their teacher at home parents are usually obviously the first teachers mm-hmm. so it's your job to learn these things and then teach your kids yeah, yeah. exactly can we go on about beards y'all okay, are not allowed like, to cut your beards man men apparently you're not even supposed to be trimming that in. so what does that say according to some scholars yeah no some scholars like they say you're not allowed to cut it point blank and period but trimming we're not too yeah. sure we're not that knowledgeable yeah but we have hadith. like a hadith here yeah. the prophet ﷺ said cut the mustache and let the beards grow be different from the mushrikeen and that's Sahih Bukhari and Sahih Muslim. But then Muslim. that has, I don't think that that's a has been interpreted. Yeah. What do you mean that's not a problem? Everyone, well, it's a style to grow your beard out. No, but the thing is, from this hadith, there's different rulings as to like, does that mean you can trim your beard? Does that mean you should groom your beard? Does that mean your beard needs to go down to your belly button? What does that mean exactly? Most people are cutting beards now are not it's not about islam anymore it's about it's a fashion it's a fashion thing it's a it's what's in now it's what's in style yeah so exactly i mean you're you, you're copying the mushrikeen no i mean if you're growing your beard like at the end of the day you're supposed to grow your beard so whether your intention is for ilahe or it's for yourself you're supposed to have it but why not make your intention that you're pleasing ilahe instead of you know and get the edge it for because it. it's a fashion statement you know yeah. why are you like why are you losing that edge that you could be gaining like oh i'm just gonna be you know following the trend and grow a beard no just renew your intention and just you know about the whole intention you know about the whole intention thing like it's a good thing every day to take a moment and just think of what you're doing that day whether you're going to work whether you're putting your hijab on your head whether you're feeding your kids whatever you're doing and just like take a moment to be like okay and and ready yourself and be like okay this is for allah i'm doing this for allah's sake to help my family to do this to do that because these are everyday acts that you're just doing them normally, but how, why not just make it yeah, an like, extra... Why not? Exactly. Why exactly. not get edged for it? Get edged for it. Every yeah. action with the right intention becomes an ibadah. Like, it becomes mm-hmm. an act of worship. So you could legitimately just wake up and be like, I'm going to work today. Inshallah, I'll gain money and do sadaqah. Or inshallah, it, this will help society become a better place for Muslims. Whatever it is that you're doing with your life, you could legitimately make it an ibadah, make it an act of worship. And that's the best mm-hmm. thing to do. We're so halal, guys. Mashallah, mashallah. Mashallah, mashallah. Barakallah. Let's spread it. Honestly, yeah. Yo, when life gets hard, I legit tell myself, hey, Stan, you're doing, you know, whatever you're working with, the research, it might help save lives. Inshallah. Just do it for Ilahi's sake and for people's sake. Khalas. I tell myself this every time. Okay, so, you know, when you're exposed to all these things and you're exposed to all these negative uh, conversations, when is it? When can you consider it like genuine nasiha? Like, do you just walk away from every every person that comes to you with da'wah and just be like, I'm, I'm not going to listen to this. What if we miss like actual genuine nasiha? Because the Prophet ﷺ told us that we should give each other nasiha. So what, how do we deal with that? I feel like we just need to, we can't go and say like, I'm not listening to anybody who talks about the deen ever. Like, that's not, that's not realistic. That's not productive. That's not really helping the situation. I feel like, like we have a responsibility to listen to what people have to say. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it is social media. We are getting bombarded with information every day. Like, we just need to listen to it, accept it, and then make our judgments based on that and move on. Yeah. yeah. It all depends on the context. Like, it depends on what they're telling you. It also depends on the person that's giving you the advice. You just have to look at It's a case-by-case basis, right? Always yeah. be open to accepting someone's advice, but just be cautious about the person, what they're saying, and all of that, right? 
and don't get angry there's no need for you to get angry like if someone says it in a way you're not like some people you know you're on the fence already when they say it a certain way or they use like you know you're already on the fence and you just don't want to listen to the rest of what they're saying whether it's valid or not you're just not hearing it well that's on that's on you and that's also on the person that's on the both of you to be honest because you're not opening your heart to potentially good advice and at the same time that person is going to get the dembi because he gave or he or she gave nasiha or down in a bad way and they're pushing people away from the deen that's how i see it to be honest you know even if someone gives you um advice in a very negative way okay allow the person whatever let them be and then just look at what they're telling you and you know if it's something that's valid doesn't matter the way they said the message if it's something that's valid look into it why not mm-hmm. True, true. I I saw like a lot of people like going back to the uh, the Dawa video. There's these a lot of people that are like, oh, a brother can't even give proper nasiha anymore. These people are like, you know, like they're feminists. They're this, you know. They were just bashing on all the people that wouldn't. They they were saying that it's genuine nasiha. Like you know, that was the other extreme of people I've saw. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're part of the problem. Those people are helping the situation because they're not saying, oh, you guys give this give this brother a chance. Listen, he might not have, not have said it in the best way, but he really is worried about... They're not talking like that. They're just bashing people who don't want to listen to him. They're telling them, yeah, you know what? You're crap for not being a decent Muslim. You know what? You're canceled. You shouldn't... Like, how is that helping? That is not helping in any way. You're, in, you're throwing gasoline on a situation, on a fire. Like, why... It doesn't make sense. Now, at this point, like, social media is, we're at two extremes. There'll be someone who's giving nasiha in a bad way, and everyone's going to be on the fence. And then someone could give nasiha in a genuine, honest way, but no one wants to hear it because who are you? Why are you giving us? So it's, both sides are, you know, not really mm-hmm. helping anything. I'm not going to lie. I do see the whole, like, crucifying people, even if they are trying to come to you, come at you in, like, a decent manner. Yeah, because some people are genuine. Yeah. But then the responses, everyone will just be like, Ew, why are you telling us this? Like, Allow her or, you know what, let her do what she's doing. Yeah, like, it's so extreme. Like, you, you, you know this is haram. And this person is telling you it's haram. And they're not even being rude or anything about it. But no one wants to listen to but it. But at the same time, think about it this way, Kram. Think about it in the manner that you come to me. I'm Muslim. I already know hijab is fard and we're supposed to wear hijab. Why are you telling me I'm supposed to wear hijab? I know. You know I know. So why are you telling me? No, but there are certain issues like plucking your eyebrows. I'm not sure if everyone knows it is haram, but it is haram. Yeah. But everyone gets mad whenever someone says it's haram. Mm-hmm. So like... But then again, why are you going to... Like, here's the thing. You don't go and give nasiha or da'wah to somebody about an issue as specific as that if you don't even know. Like, would you go to somebody in the street that does their eyebrows? You're just walking no, by no. them at Kennedy Station. Would you be like, yo, sister, stop for a second. I know you don't know me, but... You got your eyebrows done. That's haram. You shouldn't do that. Like, would you do that? No, no, no. I'm talking about, like, the timeline. If someone's just genuinely giving information, like, oh... If they're th- generally giving it, nobody will attack Yeah, yeah. Them. It's no, when not. you quote-tweet somebody, quote somebody oh, and you're no. like, oh, you know, you shouldn't do this shit. Like, think, talk on Twitter or on social media the same way you would talk in real life. No, no, no. For sure. Because why... If you're not, if you're not friends with somebody, why would you even go to them and be like, by the way... 
you shouldn't be doing like why would you do that it doesn't no but listen Hafsa you know I always like respected people who do da'wah because I feel like they're so brave for putting themselves out there like honestly I'm just too much of a chicken to do da'wah in general because I just I'm just scared of rejection so when I see people like that I can't help but respect them in a certain way like you know when people do da'wah in person I'm like mashallah like you feel confident enough to actually go and help say something you know so it's like Mm -hmm. you need to know where the person is coming from sometimes people are even when they're genuine it takes a lot of effort and a lot of willpower to actually be like I'm gonna go do da'wah for Ilahi's sake so it's like you know mm-hmm. people lump all those people together so it's that's mm-hmm. my question like it's really hard to differentiate that too and so my opinion is that you know don't say any it better be quiet like if you don't know the whole information just be quiet about it if you have an opinion if you think it's just gonna fuel the fire best you just keep mm-hmm. that in yeah I agree but you know the other thing is um, you know what I really dislike like you know, mashallah, I really admire those people who are able to go out there and give da'wah and be brave enough and do it properly and in a decent manner. And they may get crucified, they may not get crucified, no, but, but I still admire it. them. A lot of people appreciate it. Like, I, like, people do appreciate it, but I admire them. But what I don't admire are people who use the excuse of, oh, you're just against this person giving nasihara or da'wah because you're a feminist Nazi. <laughs> like, what the hell? Oh my god. What the hell? Cheese my soul. This whole dem- this this whole definition of feminism is is just triggering. Like, how are you gonna just because it's and it's not because I I've tweeted about feminism before or I've said some outrageous things before. It's because I happen to be a woman and I disagree and they want to completely disregard everything I say and throw it to the side by labeling me as a feminist Nazi. How dare you have an opinion? It doesn't make sense. How dare you speak That's, up? Exactly, and it all just comes down to sexism and misogyny. At the end of the day, all everything that we've talked about today boils down to sexism and misogyny. Well, I the ownership, the fact that everything has to be about men, the fact that I cannot have an opinion, and if I do have an opinion, I'm a crazy man-hating feminist. feminist. It's ridiculous. Yeah. If you talk about it, like if you mention Dean and women's right in the same sentence, khalas, you're a feminist. That's that. And to them, feminist is not like a positive word. It's like a negative word. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. you, you dare speak about the Dean and bring in women's point of view. SubhanAllah, feminist. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree that with that. And I really dislike that. And it's usually the Twitter achs, you know, that do that. So it's like, why, why are you doing this? Twitter ach, Twitter acht. Oh my god. Harta, can we talk really about that? Like, like that. what is this? What is it? Can you tell me? Is this a UK thing? Like, what is this? Uh, what do you call it? Brotherhood or sisterhood that we are not part of? Hafsa will tell us. I mean, <laughs> please don't look me in. <laughs> don't look me in with that. No, but I think it's just the whole, you know, brother, sister, this whole like fascination with the Arabic language, the whole like, you know, you can't really be a good Muslim if you don't know Arabic, so you got to use Arabic words. That's a whole other conversation. I don't really want to go into it because that's a whole episode. I, re- I really wanted to talk about how um, basically the akh, akh, like we are all ikhwa. That's from Surah Hajarat, right? That the Muslim mm-hmm. nation, we're all an ummah and we're all brothers and sisters of each other. But I feel like on Twitter, when people say, oh, akh and akh, they are excluding themselves from everyone. Like, hey, we're a different type of people. We're a different type of Muslim. And I feel like what's the whole, the whole point, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, you are a brother and sister is to make us all uniform. We are all equal, no matter the degree of sins we do, no matter our background or anything so for you to call yours to you know call someone else an akh and akh based on their religious standard i just find out the what's the point what was the reason for the whole istahil i think in the beginning it was genuine like in the beginning it was like oh i'm a mu'mina i'm a i'm you know i'm a mu'min or whatever i'm muslim 
even though you shouldn't be really calling yourself a mu'min or a, or a mu'mina, but whatever. Yeah. You know, I'm a Muslim, I'm practicing, I call myself Akhti this, uh, Abu this, um, Akhi this, um, whatever, you know, and then, you know, have like maybe even have Salafi in your bio or whatever, just like basically emphasizing your religiosity and all that stuff. Yeah. But then later on, it just became a joke. Like, it's now like, you know, people just have Akh in their names in their ads just, just for the fun of it, just for the sake of it, because it's a joke. That's how it is on Twitter. Things become a running joke, and it's it's yeah. like like it's I don't even, abuse, to be honest. Much. I don't really look. I don't. I don't really look twice at it because I just call everybody sis and bruh and like brother and all that stuff. Like that's just how I talk. But like using ach and ucht, it's not the same as using, as saying sister or brother anymore. It's just a joke now, to be honest. Like I said earlier, it's just people have this assumption that to get closer to the deen, like to be a better Muslim for some reason. Okay, learn more about deen. I get it. You to read Arabic te- texts and whatever. But this whole fascination with the Arabic language, like you'll never be a good Muslim unless you know Arabic, which is ridiculous. Um, I would truly advise anyone, whether you think that uh, people are saying the wrong thing about the deen or whether you think people are not accepting da'wah properly, regardless of where you're coming from, you, like learn the deen. That's the number one thing I would, if you take away anything from this video, just go, uh, this uh, audio, just go and learn the deen yourself. I feel like start with yourself and then once you know the rules, then everything comes naturally. Exactly. And um, to add on to that, specifically, if you're trying to give da'wah, there are classes that exist to, like, you can even find, um, you know, articles online on how to give da'wah. So when you're trying to approach someone and trying to give them da'wah, make sure that you're kind of well-versed in how to give da'wah before you do so. Also, I just wanted to add that just because a man is giving da'wah on Twitter, we're not automatically going to be triggered. It doesn't trigger us if men are giving dawah. It's always how they're giving the dawah. We can take advice from anyone. So I don't want, like, I feel like people just assume just because a guy gives it, we're automatically going to be offended and we're going to be triggered just because of who it's coming from. Never. But no, it's how it's being packaged. It's how it's being said to us that really leaves an impact. So if you're really trying to give dawah, make sure you take all of that into consideration. Yeah, if you're being genuine, it shows. It shows yeah. if you're being genuine. But if you're just doing it for the sake of you know, being mean or rude, whatever, it also shows. So it really just depends on your intention. And we can yeah. tell what your intention is. Yeah, because the deen is not from you. The deen is not from a person. It's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So. Well, yeah, so we're just going to end it yeah. there, right? Peace be upon you all. Jazakallah khairan for listening to this episode. We hope all of you gained something from it. If you would like to take this important discussion further, feel free to contact us at, at Abwan Podcast on Twitter and Instagram or email us at abwanchronicles at gmail.com. Our shout out for this episode is Quran United. Quran United is a Snapchat and Instagram account run by a group of brothers from Toronto, Ontario. Their aim is to bring a positive change in the Muslim community, both locally and globally. They post daily reminders on important topics such as Tawheed. It is really well done and they encourage active participation. Another account worth sharing is the YouTube channel, The Merciful Servant. If you haven't watched their videos yet, I strongly suggest you do. They're not only visually captivating, but truly informative.